you're an equal opportunity center. You could pick up the vice from any one of the nine types, and you could pick up the grace from any one of the nine styles. This is a show about self-discovery. About understanding ourselves. About looking into the mirror to see the good, the bad, and the unknown of who we are. This is about how we relate to God. And everyone else. From Love That Neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome. 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 To the Cast. Hey, welcome to the Enneacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. Every episode, we walk you through the Enneagram. And today, we're going to be talking about harmony triads and the Enneagram. And Lindsay, I think it's fair to say, like, the Enneagram is a really expansive world Mm -hmm. of thought. And there's always different work, different nuances being put on things. And today, we're going to talk about harmony triads, which actually, in our circles of the Enneagram world, don't get talked about a lot. Yeah, I've looked over it um, a couple of times, but I would say this is the area I know the least about. So I'm super interested to see where we go today. Yeah. And I think the harmony triads, you know, I started thinking about them when I read the book Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is really fantastic work because one of the fundamental issues that the harmony triads are trying to resolve is this notion of being fully integrated people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we think about the Enneagram and we think about triads and we think about wings and arrows, we can really end up neglecting a part of ourselves. So either we neglect the heart triad, the head triad, Mm -hmm. the body triad, and the harmony triads resolve some of those issues. And so, so yeah, so I'm really excited for us to talk about it. But you and I are not qualified (laughs) to uh, to be the authoritative voices on this one. So we have brought in Claire Lowridge. Claire is the author of three Enneagram books, including Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. She's also the president of the International Enneagram Association Great Lakes Chapter. She and her husband, Scott, are part of Crossroads Church and Ministries in Michigan, where they use the Enneagram as a tool for discipleship and pastoral counseling. Welcome to the show, Claire. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I love that you're doing the work you're doing in loving your neighborhood and bringing the Enneagram to people in ways that help them open up to the transforming power of God. And so thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. So a lot of your work in using the Enneagram as a tool for spiritual transformation centers around the idea of harmony triads. What are the harmony triads? Oh my gosh. Okay, so just um, take your your forefingers and your thumbs from both your right and left hand and put them together and make a triangle. And it, you know, when I think about the Trinity and I think about the reality of being made in God's image, spirit, soul, and body, when I think about the beautiful golden thread of the New Testament, where Jesus said, everything hangs on loving God with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And I think of this beautiful idea that we can be integrated, we can be whole, we can be holy. Um, We have an opportunity to see the Enneagram in a way that may be new for some, but really is possibly even traced back to a great um, spiritual director in the third century, this idea of Trinitarian faith, that when we access our head, our heart, and our gut, our mind, our intellect, our emotions, and our instincts, we won't get stuck in the ways that we've gotten stuck before, that we can actually be centered and not on our edge. Mm, That's so good. Okay, so you talk about this thing, the centers of intelligence. Can you explain IQ, EQ, and GQ? I can, and I'll start with the the heart because you guys asked me to. How about that? (laughs) Great. Yeah, so the two, the three, and the four, you know, the loving person, the effective person, and the original person have this wonderful EQ, emotional intelligence. And, you know, some of us uh, in that space, we trust heart connection more than anything else. And we rely on feelings and concerns for others to guide us. And when connection is broken, we work like mad to regain uh, affection, connection, approval. And we might dismiss our gut reactions as not me 
and distrust those who just live in their head. You know, so some people would say the heart has reason that reason knows not of, right? And so this wonderful EQ that we see all throughout the scripture, you know, Jesus moved by heart, by compassion, and it's beautiful. But now we even see it in, you know, Stanford University's business school and Georgetown's medical school. They're actually teaching that EQ is super important. And twos, threes, and fours are dominant in that intelligence. They have access to the other two, but they may be dismissing or undernourishing those other two Mm -hmm. intelligences without Mm -hmm. intentional work. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so that's EQ. Talk to us about IQ. Oh, the IQ. These wonderful five, sixes, and sevens, or the language we use, the wise person, the loyal person, the joyful person. So these are the head intelligence folks, the IQ. These folks would move into their head and maybe dismiss their heart, where love is a concept. Like, I think I love you. Uh, When asked a feeling question, they would consult their head. I I think I feel I'll get through Mm -hmm. this, Mm -hmm. right? And when they trust mental activity, which is such a gift, they're brilliant. The pros and cons, the research, the study, they might dismiss their heart or heart people as lightweights and gut people as reactionary. Mm -hmm. So they are dominant with this head intelligence. They access this, these mental constructs first, but they have access to heart and gut if they're intentional and they learn how to practice. Mm, Yeah. 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 Okay. And then finally GQ, which I don't think you're referring to the men's magazine. (laughs) No, I'm not. But isn't that fun? I love it. (laughs) When I tell people in our training, I say, I just want you to know you have GQ, whether you believe (laughs) it or not, it's there. So these eights, nines, and ones, or the language, the powerful person, the peaceful person, the good person, these folks are dominant in their gut intelligence. It's where they go first. You know, they they react instinctively. They know in their gut or their bones whether they like someone. Trusting the gut more than anything or anyone else can make it easy for them to jump in like an eight or a one or act out like an eight or a one or pull out like a nine without giving it a second thought. And in the heat of things, these folks might just dismiss their head or heart because they trust their bones. They trust their gut instincts, but they do have access to their head and their heart very clearly if they're paying attention and they bring intention to that attention. So how does all this, um, and specifically the harmony triad, help us spiritually in our Christian faith? Hmm. That is the million dollar question here. Mm. Um, And a lot of people, I ask it, it's like, really, all I need to do is get to know Jesus. Do I really need to have these kinds of models? I mean, did Peter, Paul and Mary have them? Right. And so we say, well, here's how it helps. You're an equal opportunity sinner. You could pick up the vice from any one of the nine types Mm -hmm. and you could pick up the grace from any one of the nine styles. When we consider that we are made in God's image and likeness, and that along the way, maybe we've lost the likeness, you typically have dismissed one of the numbers in your triangle, in your harmony triad. You know, we have this inner terrain in our soul. There's places that we visit often. You know, if you're a heart person, you visit your feelings often. If you're a head person, you, you know, you know that you can get trapped in a loop with your thoughts. If you're a gut person, you know that there are times you wished you hadn't reacted in particular ways. You know a particular map of your soul, whether it's head, heart, or gut, but you may be very unfamiliar with the other terrain inside yourself, parts of you that God gave you, head, heart, and gut, to love God with your mind, your heart, and your strength. And so this is just a great map that can serve your Christian journey. It's not the Bible. It's not Jesus. But it's a way for us to see what maybe we can't see. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I tell people all the time, I'm like, hey, if at the end of this, you're not an Enneagram enthusiast, that is truly fine with me. I just really want you to know Jesus more. And if this can be helpful, great. And if it doesn't help you, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Move, Move on to something else. That's okay with me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, what I think we should do is look at the harmony triad for each type, how it helps that type, ways to integrate it into everyday life. So let's kick things off with the heart triad. Talk to us about type two, the helper. Oh, the helpers. Thank God for the helpers, right? Yeah. So the two is connected to the five and the eight, the two being the EQ, the five being the IQ, the eight being the GQ. And they may just, you know, give the gift of martyrdom way too many times in their life where they feel like they have just burned out. And if they are connected, these loving people, to contemplation, they can make decisions that are not only loving their neighbor, but loving themselves. We call the two that is integrated, that is whole and holy and in harmony, love contemplates, then decides accessing all three centers, love for the two, five for contemplation, so that you're not just serving the whole world and then dying at the end of the day every day. Mm-hmm. And then deciding, taking action in the world based on this loving, contemplative person that can then decide to do good in harmony with God in the world. Mm. I like the idea of the triad, including the five, because otherwise the twos don't really see their access to the head triad in any other way. They go down to the four, which is more feeling, you know, and then over to the eight, which is the gut. But it's so helpful to bring in that five piece. Yeah, the harmony triads offer this. It's like a three-legged stool. Yeah. What are some ways that a two can practice integrating the five and the eight? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, So we utilize uh, in our training imaginative prayer to open up this brilliant intellect to imagining, to futuring to researching by practices like Lectio Divina and entering Mm -hmm. into the story. I don't know if you're familiar with that Latin word. It just means, you know, reading the scripture by the spirit. Yeah. So taking passages from scripture where we let the scripture open up the intellect and give you a way to be curious and not just moving according to your affections and your emotions, letting that scripture give you a way to pause and meditate on the scripture rather than just getting out there and taking care of everybody. Mm. Okay, so the harmony triad for the two then is two, five, eight, which means love contemplates, then decides. Right. All right, let's move on to the three, the achiever. Yeah. So in both the books, I title this Effective Loyalty Harmonizes. So the three going to the six, going to the nine, three, six, nine, and accessing all three centers of intelligence, the three being the heart space, which the word effective, some people, you know, they think that that's mechanical, but to have an effect on someone really means to connect with them, to be felt by them. So truly threes, when they are effective, they are connecting with their six, which is about being loyal to all, and nine, which harmonizes and synthesizes and calms, you know, the the weary one. When you're dominant in the heart space of three, you need your head. And the six for me asks a lot of questions like, Claire, why do you want to have an effect here? Is this really about the good of the whole team? Or is this that you just want to be felt? You just want Mm. to be seen. Wisdom from that curiosity says, okay, hang on a minute. And then the nine will say, yeah, is this really going to bring flow? Is this going to bring flow in your life? Or is this going to get you overworking? You know, so how about we just sit down for a while and disappear like a nine will? You know, go into your prayer closet, Claire, and just be self-forgetting. Be personality forgetting for a minute and allow um, the peace of God to lead you in how you want to show up in the world. So that's really important, IQ, EQ, and GQ harmony. Mm, That's good. What are ways that a a three can practice integrating six and nine? Um, Really solitude and silence. You know, practicing spiritual discipline of slowing Letting that six ask me the question, am I producing, uh, you know, like a manufacturer or am I reproducing intimacy with God? And so then, you know, confession is a big thing for threes to say it out loud. I need to confess 
that I was just faking it to make it. And that kind of confession can keep me grounded in the humility of the nine and the six. So yeah, disciplines of rest and play and not producing anything can really help a three. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Okay, so for type three then, effective loyalty harmonizes. Mm. So the harmony triad for type three is three, six, nine. Okay, talk to us about type four, the originalist. Yeah, so originality joyfully reforms is the name we give this beautiful original person. These folks are so beautiful all on their own, dominant in style four, and they need the one and the seven. So originality joyfully reforms. And what we know about uh, fours is if they are not connected to their seven, they can get so deep and so melancholy that they don't come up for air. So the seven bringing in the joy to say, look, we know that you get this in a very specific way that fours are so, um, you know, they hold the paradox of life and yet they need to come up and play in the shallow end, get out of the deep end, come in the shallow end and let that lightness give the joy that they need. And additionally, you know, the ones, sometimes, you know, fours can be reckless, dauntless. You know, they can be bohemian and do things that are um, maybe less helpful when they're just stuck in their heart type when they're special and they're proving they're special. And they need the one to help reform that kind of energy. That, And by the way, when I use the word energy, it's not new age. We look at the word in the Greek in our Bibles, energeto. It really is talking about the work of God in us. So, you know, back in the olden days, we used to see halos uh, in the pictures that were drawn around, you know, Christ and the saints. And that's about energy. It's about that we have all been given this wonderful energeto from God. And the fours need that good reforming, clear, good, bad, right, wrong sometimes to help get them out of their everything is gray and it depends energy. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Total sense. Yeah. My poor wife, she's always saying Mm -hmm. like, I wish you could just have a little more fun. Like it's just a little hard for me sometimes to access that seven energy. Mm -hmm. Uh And man, she loves it when I do. Like even last week, I got really good news about something. And immediately I was sort of a little pessimistic about it all. Like uh, (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually heard that as children, fours and sevens often look more similar because they have all that emotion but then they kind of settle on opposite sides of the spectrum over time. And so mm-hmm. I think that's interesting then with this idea of like, actually, they need to rediscover each other, you know, mm-hmm. that they can be connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some ways that a four can practice integrating the seven and the one? Well, again, confession for the four, confessing maybe the desire for what isn't or pessimism saying, okay, hang on a minute. Let me take a breath and welcome in my seven. So practicing confession is beautiful. You know, welcoming the the beauty of the seven and saying, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to play today? I love that you've already said it. You know, I want to have more fun. What can help me get out of the depths of my heart and come up and out and maybe run through the shallow end. Yeah, I like this so far, especially because I'm thinking about like, you know, we talked about uh, for the twos. I mean, if you know a two, frequently they resist solitude. That mm-hmm. is a huge mm-hmm. resistance, point for the resistance point for them. So we're saying like, hey, go to the five, you know, mm-hmm. and then we get to the three and the threes often are like onward and upward, you know, mm-hmm. and which <laughs> makes them at times not very loyal, mm-hmm. not very faithful to stay. We get to the fours and if you know a four, you know, if they're in the worship service and there's a song of lament, they are about it. And then all of a sudden the next one that's like a peppy, Joyful. you know, pep rally song. They're like, this is fake and inauthentic, yes. you know, and this <laughs> is true. this is an invitation into being a, a wholly integrated person mm-hmm. to be made in the likeness of Jesus. Yeah. Well, stay with us, because when we come back, we're going to continue to make our way through all of the harmony triads, through the head and the gut types. Stay with us. Hey, it's Anna, the media editor. Recently, I've been taking some time to ask our alumni how serving with Love Thy Neighborhood has impacted their lives. 
Hi, my name is Danny Wallace. I am from Fairfax, Virginia. Danny served with us for a year, and she was present in Louisville during much of the city's unrest following the death of Breonna Taylor. And although it was unexpected, she was able to engage with people and even some of the events downtown. She witnessed grieving, anger, peacemaking, and she was invited to participate in those experiences. That front row seat helped me grow in sensitivity and understand the nuances of the tensions in a way that the media just can't portray. And honestly, I'm forever changed by my time in LTN. There are things in the world that I can't ignore now. And I have a community and lifelong friends that I'm so grateful for, a church that has stretched my mind, and overall just a greater peace in the midst of the uncertain times in my own life. If you want to find your internship where social action and Christian community meet, head over to lovethyneighborhood.org and apply today. That's lovethyneighborhood.org. Welcome back to the Unicast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. I'm Lindsay Lewis. And we are here with Claire Lowridge, continuing to make our way through the Harmony Triads. We just wrapped up the Heart Triad, and now we have come to the Head Triad. All right, let's start with looking at Type 5, the Investigator. Hmm. Isn't that a wonderful description of the Five, the Investigator? Mm -hmm. And uh, we use the words, the wise person. And not that everybody Mm -hmm. else isn't wise, but that they take it to maybe it's own too much sometimes and can get lost in their wisdom and lost in their research, right? And so the name for five we give it is Wisdom Lovingly Directs. And this connects this beautiful IQ type, the thinking center with the heart center, wisdom lovingly directs and connecting them with their gut intelligence as the the director, right? Or as the challenger, however you want to call it. But Five, two, and eight, such a powerful presence in the world. When they come out of their head or let their thoughts descend down into their heart and let those thoughts that came into the heart and picked up the beautiful compassion, the life-giving energy of the two, and then come to the eight and do something good with all of it. So fives that are engaged with their their EQ and their GQ are a force in this world for real wisdom, which is connected to love and action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So what are ways that a five can practice integrating the two and the eight? So we would say that fives, um, you know, centering prayer is a really great practice and can help them let go of their machinations, let them go of this, you know, the the mind that feels like there are so many constructs they can never get out of it. And so centering prayer, um, giving just a symbol or a word to connect with God and letting go of lots of their thoughts, they Mm. start to become aware of their body, that they actually have a body. Right. So my my professor, Dr. Jerome Wagner, said it this way one day one day that the you know, the body is a necessary appendage to the head. So, (laughs) you know, sometimes uh, centering prayer. Another way, um, uh, one of my other teachers who's a five, Bob Freiling, who taught the Enneagram early on, he talks about he took a liturgical dance class one year during his sabbatical so that he could engage his body in the experience of God and not just take another theological course. Mm -hmm. Um, And so beautiful, right? And that actually many fives will tell you that when they start singing, they can feel their heart region, that this beautiful connection, they can feel the beat of their heart. They can feel their breath. And all of a sudden they can start to cry. Uh, Many fives have told me that with music. So wonderful practices to engage your body and emotions like those can be super helpful. Yeah, I like this a lot because, you know, especially for the five, the five can often resist emotional attachments. Yeah. They can almost go Zen-like. And Mm -hmm. I think this is an invitation into, you know, emotions are the soundtrack of life. Like Mm -hmm. they, that's what shows us what is meaningful and important Mm. and it bonds us and attaches us. And 
you know, if we're going to truly learn and truly be wise, we have to love. We have to have affections. Yeah. And so I love that, that the Harmony Triad is, is pulling that in. Okay, so the investigator, their Harmony Triad is 528, Wisdom Loving Directs. Okay, type six, the loyalist. Oh, we love the loyalists. Thank God, right? I think it's why we have police officers uh, that do good work and and military that do good work. And if they're stuck in their own dominant style, which is loyalty, they let go of the kind of peace and producing in the world that might go beyond just pledging allegiance. And we say faithfulness produces peace, that there is getting out of the asking more questions. Is this faithful? Is this loyal? Am I living by the book? Am I doing everything as prescribed? Does everybody think I'm okay? Am I getting this right? And they move into producing, which is a risky space. Like I'm going to get out of my head and I'm going to allow this kind of producing that is connected with my heart and my affect, my effect in the world. I'm going to bring myself, I'm going to shine, I'm going to show up as an individual self that wants to connect with the world. So, you know, the nines, um, we love to show the sloth eating a green bean for 30 minutes in our training. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no hurry. You know, they're just, they're just there. But six, three and nine together, it's kind of like ask the questions, make sure that you're being loyal, but then show up as an individual person. You're not just a part of a team. You are differentiated is the psychological terminology. And then go rest yourself, rest your mind, rest your rest your connections, and go eat a green bean for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this one, you know, because the temptation of the six is to go to that non-resourceful side of the three, which yeah. can turn into bulldozing. Mm-hmm. And I like that in the harmony triads, it's pointing towards, hey, be effective, but remember what you're working towards. Yeah. And it's not about regaining control, you know, but it's about trusting that, hey, God's speaking through you and to you and you mm-hmm. can take action, but, you know, you don't have to run over other people in the process. What are some ways that a six can practice integrating the three and the nine? Well, one of the things that we recommend is discovering your own head, heart, gut, motion mantra or your own head, heart, gut, motion prayer. And for sixes, to get them out of their head, they need a practice that can actually move them very intentionally. So you'll see faithfulness produces peace here. And with all of our styles, we have those three words that go with your IQ, EQ, GQ. And what we then say is, now what could be more true for you? How would you name this? Would you name this loyalty, impacts, harmony? What would be more true for you? So we do a whole workshop part on this, discovering your own head, heart, gut, motion mantra or head, heart, gut prayer, because when you choose your own words, you can embody them. So Mm. those three words might not be the best words for a six. So they get to think about this and discover what of the words that describe the six most resonate with you. Which one of those? Choose that. Which one of the threes most resonates with you? Choose that. Which one of the nine words that are used around these Enneagram styles resonate with you? Choose those three. And then practice like five to 10 minutes every morning, just praying that prayer. And then just like a breath prayer, if you're familiar with breath prayers, just like a breath prayer, you're actually creating a new neural network in your brain that when you go into your board meeting or you go to your family member that causes the most fear in you, you're actually, that prayer is going to come up in you without you even asking for it because Mm -hmm. you've created a new neural pathway. And you can pray that prayer and you'll find that you don't get stuck in your fear. You don't get stuck in your loyalty and forgetting yourself. You actually are able to open up to more and be centered. Mm. I love that idea. I'm not a six, but I'm totally going to do that when I go home today. So (laughs) when you say resonate, like something that would resonate to you from the other numbers in your triad, is that something that resonates in you that you already do? Or can it be something that you are like yearning for in yourself? Yes and yes. Okay. You know, and (laughs) so, you know, in good spiritual direction, we would say, what shimmers for you? What Mm. lights up? 
What is God drawing you to? What's attracting you? Um, what gives you um, disturbance that you say, yeah. yeah, I have rejected that my whole life and I want to make room for it? Yeah, I love that. Okay, so type six loyalist, these folks, faithfulness produces peace. So your harmony triad is six, three, nine. All right, let's talk about type seven, the enthusiast. Well, this was the number I wanted to buy. You know, like when you wheel a fortune, you want to buy a vowel. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have bought the uh-huh. seven. I thought, you know, that, that would just be fun to be a seven. And those sevens, they really do bring us joy and enthusiasm. And when they're stuck in their type, they're not connecting with the depth, the creativity, the soulfulness of their four space, or the gut instincts of the one that can help keep them stable and grounded. So we give the name to the joyful person, the seven. Joy is deeply stable. And as we talked about in you know just this last time with the six, that is a prayer. And to begin to pray that prayer can help them be aware that the answer is not always out there or in something that's exciting, but it's connected with their heart that wants to feel the pain and the reality and the beauty and also staying stable and not getting lost either in the depth or the height. Yeah, that's great. So what are some ways that a seven can practice integrating four and one? Mm. We've said this already, but solitude and silence is good for everybody for different reasons, right? And many times sevens, when they start to practice, they discover how busy their mind is or you know, as Henry Nowen says, the monkey mind. Yeah. And so they realize that. And then to learn how to quiet the mind by accessing the, the creativity of the four, and it may be through some kind of artistic expression or singing some psalms of lament, right? <laughs> Try that on a little bit. Realizing that, you know, all of the psalms are not praise. Many of them are about the you know, self-deprecating and lamenting that are also a part of life and realizing that it's limiting to seek only the positive. So to discover ways that they can do the difficult work uh, in the world. And I have a seven who's been working with me in human trafficking. There are a lot of times she wants to run from what we have to face into And yet it is a spiritual discipline for her to make herself available to deep pain in the world. She's creating a new neural pathway because she does have the heart of a four. And when she's present, when she's awake, when she's conscious, she realizes. And um, nightly examine that -hmm. when you go to bed at night, notice where you were trying to run from things and confess that in God's presence. You know, notice where you were able to be present to the good, the bad, and ugly in life and give thanks for that. Uh, Several episodes ago, we interviewed Dave Barnes. He's a singer-songwriter in Nashville and probably the funniest interview that we've done. He's a type (laughs) 7. One of the things we explored with him was he does stand-up comedy on the side. And people have said, why don't you just go into stand-up comedy? And he said, because... Music allows me to tap into the sad and darker parts of Mm -hmm. life in ways that comedy alone can never allow me to. Mm. And I think that's a good word for other sevens. Like that's that's getting at some of this harmony triad stuff. Yeah. So good. Love that. So type seven, the enthusiast. Joy is deeply stable. Seven, four, one. Okay, so that's the head triad. Let's talk about the gut triad, the body triad. All right, let's start with type eight, the powerful person. Mm. And these powerful people, these strong people are also human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And um, those that are stuck in dominant type eight without access to the five head and the two heart in a way that is centered, I mean, they can burn out or burn up their surroundings. And so we love the gorgeous energy of eights, that justice, you know, that they really are those that can make sure that life is fair and equitable for everyone. And especially when they're connected with their five head, 
you know, Mm -hmm. their five IQ, and they can actually contemplate the idea before they fire, before Mm -hmm. they say you're fired. And justice is contemplative love is the name of these eights when they're integrated with their heart and their mind. And they really can say, um, I don't just react. I have a place. I, I have a place where I practice contemplating so that I can bring my loving presence in the world and not just mm-hmm. my reactions to the evil or the injustice of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eights get such a bad rap, yeah. you know, because the overwhelming nature when, when an eight's not in a great space, mm-hmm. they just can take up so much space in the room. Yeah. What's always fascinating is when I meet a healthy eight, I don't often read them as an eight yeah. at first. Yeah. And a lot of times it's because they are living in this sort of five space yeah. that allows them to sort of tap into imagination, contemplation, even to like imaginatively empathize with other people yeah. um, and consider, oh, what would the experience be like for somebody else? Yeah, they really have that restraint. Like they're they're they still have all that energy, but yeah. they've learned to like harness it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also with that bad rap idea that when we see the love that eights have, we will better understand their action. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they're taking that time not only to be more contemplative and thoughtful, but they're using the love that I really believe is already there. Yes. But they're bringing it more up to the surface. People will be so much better equipped to receive mm-hmm. what they're bringing to the table, mm-hmm. you know, and to be wide open to all that energy, all those ideas, all that action mm-hmm. that they're going to bring. Yeah, because the eight's considering the tender parts of who they are, yeah. which allows them to handle the tender parts of other people as well. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. like that. What are ways that an eight can practice integrating the five and the two? Yeah, so, oh my gosh, I love that you said, uh, you know, about bad raps and, you know, when you meet a healthy eight, you see their heart and you see their brilliant intellect. So um, my dad was an eight and he marched with Dr. King in the 60s. Wow. And he regularly went on retreat and he would ask two questions. Who am I and where am I going? And that would automatically bring him to his heart and what he cared about. So he would not only march in the civil rights movement, sat on the Archbishop's Council for Race Relations. He would go away and get alone with his own thoughts and say, who am I? Where am I going? Get very five-like. He'd write himself a little dissertation and say, okay, does this research match with the people that I love? He practiced his love in relationship, you know, making time. And really don't believe he could have had the ability to do what he did without his two, his five, and his eight. So when when eights are really healthy, they love themselves as well as others by getting away and asking questions that their five would like to ask and, you know, bringing themselves fully with their head, heart and gut. You know, a lot of eights are not aware of their bodies. And so body prayers are really important for eights. You could say dancing is a body prayer. You could say the, you know, what um, Teresa of Avila taught us with the cupped hands on the belly and out in front and up into the air are ways to help us be conscious and mindful and reflective before we just get out there and do stuff in the world. Yeah. Okay. So type eight, strength is contemplative love and their harmony triad is eight, five, two. Okay. Talk to us about type nine, peacemaker. Well, it's my favorite because I'm married to my sweetie for 40 years and he is the nine. Me too. (laughs) So these nines, these peaceful people, they are wonderful in their dominant style. But if they get addicted to their own too much as a nine, they are going to numb out and disappear if they're on their edge. But if they're centered, they connect with their three, who is more showing up and shining and letting, you know, letting their light so shine. And their six, letting the six ask questions. Is this time to calm it all down? Is this time to make a molehill out of a mountain? You know, so they have this beautiful action of, you know, the three and the wonderful question asking of the six that can keep them from disappearing. 
Yes, I love that. So I'm also married to a nine, and I say the same thing. I always say I I could not be married to any other number. Shout out to the nines. Shout out to our nine hubbies. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. And when they're healthy, oh my gosh, they're hitting on yes. all cylinders. So what are some ways that these wonderful nines can practice integrating the three and the six? Loving themselves as well as others and really paying attention to their own drive of the three that is within them. In our book, Motions of the Soul, we actually pose it this way. Within the beautifully peaceful nine is the want to stand up and shine three and the questioning six. So we say within every nine, these two other energies are there. And so to love themselves, to actually move into a regular examining uh, of their consciousness to say, am I asking questions here or am I just powering down? Am I showing up and letting my light shine here or am I putting someone else before me? Again, for them to set you know, their own uh, limits and priorities and welcome and say, yeah, the three is a part of me. I do want to be seen and shine. I do. It's a part of me. I have competency. I have agency that is separate from just making sure everybody's calm over here. The scriptures for nines, when it says the kingdom of heaven is violent and the violent take it by force, hmm. that there might actually be uh, you know, this interactivation that says, you know what, there are times that I have to do things by force in order to bring the kingdom of heaven. And it isn't always about slowing everything down and making sure everybody's at peace. That sometimes when you want peace, you have to make war. Mm. So that can be um, a really good practice to practicing some spiritual warfare and saying, okay, this is a mountain. I'm not going to make it a molehill. And how are we going to use this, you know, this energy to be sure that God's kingdom is coming here? Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I remember years ago, I was talking with a nine and she said, I take notes every sermon, but I will never actually consider what those notes mean for me personally. Mm. Like the amount of work required to do that feels overwhelming. Yeah. And this is an invitation into the self-examination that the six does naturally. Mm. And then that calling outward into life of yeah. the three. It's so good. Okay, so type nine, the peacemaker, peace affects team. Mm. Nine, three, six is your harmony triad. Mm. So I've been very patient, but Claire, I am very ready to hear the type one, the reformer or the good person. The ones among us, you know, they are patient when they're healthy, <laughs> yeah. right? Aren't they? <laughs> They At are. least on the outside. Yeah, we Lindsay, show you're patience. very patient. <laughs> uh huh. We don't know all that's going on in your body, but we yeah. are so grateful for you. You know, the, the ones do show us the goodness of God. And ones, when they are dominant in their style, we do experience goodness. But if it is overdone without connecting with their heart, the heart of the four and the intellect of the seven, it is perfectionism, as we know. But when they're centered, their goodness creates joy. They have this ability to uh, reform for the good of all to experience joy and creativity. And I think there is really something powerful about a one that can reform through creativity and bringing joy and humor. You know, Dr. King used to do that. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. He, I'm not saying he was a one. But one of his guys said one day, um, I'm afraid to go to Birmingham. I don't want to die. And Dr. King said, don't worry. I'll preach the best eulogy at your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so he would use this kind of joy and humor to give people release that goodness needs to happen. We can do it creatively and joyfully. Mm. I like this notion of like, because the ones so often struggle with, am I allowed to let what's inside out? Mm -hmm. And the four and the seven are an invitation to the full spectrum of the emotional life. Yeah. It's like, it's like let all of that out and let it flourish. So what are ways that a one can practice integrating four and seven? Well, you know, I think maybe stand-up comedy yeah, could yeah. help. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I, Lindsay, I, I see, I see a, a, a future in your career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that seven space can be the undernourished or dismissed childlike self. You know that good, dutiful, correct one has within her this playful, joyful, silly little one that wants to just have some space. I love that you mentioned stand-up comedy because comedy can be a real release for ones mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and get them lightened up. And additionally, the four space, when there is some kind of creative way that you're looking at life and the things that you see that are wrong in the world, the things that you know instinctually, we use in human trafficking, the book, the body keeps the score because mm-hmm. we know that the body knows things that the mind and the heart don't know yet. And so you know when things are wrong in the world. Your body has kept the score. You have a fist in your gut or the hair raising on the back of your neck before you even know intellectually what's wrong. So if you can go to your little four and give yourself some creative experience, whatever it is that that resonates with you, with art or carpentry or gardening, some way to get into the beauty of life and and all, you will have this beautiful harmony of goodness creates joy. Mm, That's so good. I'm fairly certain that some of our one listeners don't always appreciate our ridiculous games that we play. Yeah. They probably skip this, but like, I just want them to know it's for their own spiritual good that we act like idiots. It's (laughs) it's for everybody's good. Okay. So type one, the reformer, goodness creates joy. Their harmony triad is one four, seven. So just some final thoughts. If you find remembering these triads difficult, they're all just really made up of essentially of three groupings. And the three combinations are one, four, seven, two, five, eight, and three, six, nine. I feel like I'm calling out bingo numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, if, if you can remember these three groupings, you know, you can easily find all nine of the harmony triads. Any final thoughts or encouragements for folks as we think about harmony triads? Well, you know, the, the scripture implores us in the book of Romans to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that renewing of our mind, the word nous, the, the Greek word, is not about your brain. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind is about renewing your head, heart, and gut your Trinitarian life that God has given you, made in God's own image as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if we can open up to just the idea that you are more than your thoughts, you are more than your feelings, you are more than your instincts, and that you have the ability to access these graces, there will be transformation that happens. And I believe that as The Christian goes, so goes the community, so goes the world. And if we had transforming individuals right now in the body of Christ, we might see more people opening up to the life of Christ than ever before. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Claire. So stay with us because when we come back, we will be playing What's Your Number with Claire Lowridge. Stay with us. Here at LTN, we believe that in order to be loved, you must be known. And part of being known means understanding who you are, which is why we created Mapping Your Enneagram Story. Mapping Your Enneagram Story is a workbook to help you map your life story and understand who you are. Using the lens of the Enneagram, you'll explore how the story you've lived has made you into who you are and why Jesus is the key to living a better story. To get your own copy of Mapping Your Enneagram Story, just go to lovethatneighborhood.org and click the store link at the top of the menu. There you'll find Mapping Your Enneagram Story plus all our other Enneagram content. And all proceeds go directly to support Love Thy Neighborhood. So go to lovethatneighborhood.org and click store. Mapping Your Enneagram Story. Find the clarity you need to have meaningful, long-lasting relationships. Welcome back to the Enneacast, Jesse Eubanks. Lindsay Lewis. And now it's time for What's Your Number? 
Okay, our game today is called What's Your Number? This is based off a real game by the company Player 10. You can find it by going to player10.com. Okay, so here's how you play. Claire, I'm going to read you a card, and then you're going to rank what is on the card from 1 to 10, 1 meaning that you absolutely despise it, 10 meaning that you love it. Keep that number to yourself. Once you have your number, Lindsay and I are each going to try to guess what number we think that you've ranked this thing. We'll take turns saying our guesses out loud. We can't pick the same number. After we've each taken a guess, you will then reveal what number you chose, and whoever guessed the closest gets a point. Best out of five wins. All right, you ready? Bring it. Okay. Round one, superhero movies. One, does Claire hate them? Ten, does she love them? Since you're the superhero person, I'm going to let you guess first. I am. Oh, I'm going to guess first? Yeah. I think six. I think that she goes, she watches them. They're fine. They're not her favorite genre, but mm-hmm. it's good. I was leaning in that exact same direction. So I'll just say five. Oh, wait. Was that you were following oh, my example? Ah, uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, Claire, what's your number? Three. Oh, Three. point for me. Oh, point for Lindsay. <laughs> so you do not enjoy them. I used to absolutely hate them, but I feel mm-hmm. like as I'm growing up, I can let mm-hmm. fiction in. Yeah, good for Uh, you. Good for you. Okay, round two, leaving comments on online articles. How she feels about other people leaving comments or herself leaving comments? I think herself. Like, would she leave? Would she leave comments on online articles? Um, Four. So you think not so much? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to walk this out. I think. Wait, are you walking out because you want to convince her of your way? No, 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 no. I'm walking it out. I'm because I'm, I'm a verbal processor. I think it's going to be. A, I'm going to say five. Okay. And, and and my thinking is that if it's a friend's article yeah. or if it's within the community of thought, mm-hmm. like if it's an enneagram article, spiritual formation article, and there's an opportunity for her to bring insight, mm-hmm. clarification. Yes. I think she's totally in. Yes. If it's like a bickering thing, mm-hmm. she has no interest in that. Yes, thank you for verbally processing that for us, Jesse. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, Claire, <laughs> what is your number? Two. Yes! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think I've only commented on an article or a blog twice in my entire life. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, I was off on that one. Okay, no more verbal processing, <laughs> trying to convince her what, why well, she should pick work. your number. <laughs> it didn't work. Okay, round three. Religious bumper stickers. Oh, religious oh. bumper stickers. You get to go first on this one. I think, hmm, I'm gonna go with three, and I think it's no. Wait, when, wait. Just okay. stick with your number. All right, three. I'm gonna go three. <laughs> I was gonna say three, so I'm gonna say two. Oh, you're going lower. <laughs> lower. Yeah. Okay. Claire. One. Hey, uh, uh, bumper stickers. I can almost not handle my pure joy right now. I'm really man. tapping into the seven right now. Oh, man. You know, because usually people who have the bumper stickers are the worst drivers ever and yes. yeah. make Jesus look yeah. bad. Uh, round four, bringing something you bought at a store to a potluck. So it's a potluck. You but didn't, you make, didn't it. make it. You handmade. just picked it up at the store. Five. I don't really think she cares. You don't think that, like... I mean, if she buys something amazing from a bakery, she's, like, feeling pretty proud. Like, this rocks way better than your tuna casserole. Yeah. <laughs> but also, if it's like, I only had time to bring a thing of Coke, it's like, too bad, I'm busy. I'm successful. Yeah. I'm going to go... I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to do the Price is Right thing. I'm just going to go six. Yeah, I'm just going to, yeah. like... I'm just going <laughs> to take the top half here. Is. All right, Claire, what's your number? Uh, Ten. Oh, <laughs> she's all about that. You you are anti making food yourself. Uh, you know, I love to cook, but um, and I always it was kind of like a competition kind of thing. And then I realized it was just too it was too much, too much to yes. wonder if everybody loved my Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to pick up something from, you know, somewhere great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then put it in my own tin and pretend I made it. No, I'll, I'll yeah, perfect. Oh, That's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Pinterest has made us all neurotic. Like we're <laughs> yes. all supposed to, you know, do the the coolest thing. Okay, round five, amusement parks. Oh. Yeah, I think a one. I don't think she likes them at all. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to say. You should go 10. Just go as far. Seven. Oh, seven. So you think she likes them a lot. Okay. Claire, what's your number? One. 
hate oh. boom. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you still lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did go when my kids were little, and I imagine I'll go again with grand, you know, if a grandchild asks me mm-hmm. to go. But- yeah. But I'm kind of hoping that's the parents' responsibility. Mm-hmm. You do it for the love of others. <laughs> you buy them a season pass in their names. Mm-hmm. So oh. they have to go, but you provided the fun. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's there awesome. You go. All right. Well, Lindsay, congratulations. You, you won. Yeah. Broke my losing streak. All right. And now it's time for listener questions. All right. This question comes from Curious Christie. I'm in the head triad and I don't really display or feel much emotion. The heart triad numbers are all my lowest scores. Am I just not an emotional person? Well, there's a beautiful saying called practice makes permanent. Mm. And it's a matter of practicing. There are beautiful heart math practices that where you just uh, remember Someone from your past, someone who was good to you, who was kind to you, who brought you some beautiful gift. Maybe it was a grandmother, a teacher, a coach, and you breathe them right into the center of your heart for at least 11 seconds and just watch what happens. So there are practices that can help you open heart space, but it takes practice. Practice makes permanent. And your heart is a part of what God's given you. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I know somebody who is very cerebral and Mm -hmm. they carry flashcards with emotional words Mm -hmm. on them in their pocket. And they literally, when something happens, they get them out and they find a word to ascribe to what is happening Mm. because they literally don't know how to identify it on their own. They Mm -hmm. need a little assistance. So they talk about the fact that like, it's a little weird, it's a little goofy, but at the same time, they really, really do want to have an emotional life. They, yeah. they don't want to just, you know, be a Cylon robot. Yeah. And so, yeah. Hmm. I like that. Okay, this question comes from Becky Has Nine Lives. I have found the Enneagram to be so helpful as it relates to my core type. Do I really need to spend time on the other numbers if I'm content growing in my core? So, of course, wherever your core is, is, is true. And it's your dominant space. And it's either in the head, the heart, or the gut. And you want to have access to a full, whole, and holy life. And a simple practice with your harmony triad might begin to open up space for you to experience more of the grace that can be yours. I totally agree. I think it can be really helpful at the beginning to learn as much as you can about your core and maybe the numbers directly next to you. But the further you go on the journey, I think the more blessing you get from more tools in your tool belt, which comes from the other numbers. Mm -hmm. I think, too, when you think about which of the nine personality traits you are resistant toward, Mm -hmm. I think all of us are resistant towards certain aspects. And I say that not to say, like, don't go, I'm resistant and I'm bad for that. But Mm -hmm. let it be a sign of curiosity. Why do I resist those other aspects? What about those other personality traits am I intimidated by? Mm -hmm. Am I scared of? Do they make me feel like I'll be out of control, mm-hmm. but use those as uh, launching pads to for your curiosity. Why is it that I really, 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 really prefer these essential tools to my personality that are kind of in my core type, mm-hmm. but at the same time, why do I really resist picking up these other tools altogether? Yeah. So my encouragement is Jesus came to give us life, to give us life to the fullest, to give us abundant life, and to be made into the likeness of Christ over time um, does mean that uh, that we're going to begin to grow in ways that are beyond just our core type and our defaults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Claire, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for all of your great wisdom and yeah. your insights. I think our listeners are going to love this. Yeah. Well, I sure hope that uh, it was worth your time and I'm happy to have met you and uh, guys keep doing, doing the good work that God's given you to do. Mm, thank thank you. you. Thank you. If you benefited at all, From this podcast, please help us out by leaving a review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Your review will help other people discover our show. (laughs) 
Special thanks to our guest today, Claire Lowridge. To learn more about Harmony Triads and how to integrate your full self as you love God and others, check out Claire's book, Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. Also check out her podcast, Enneagram and Christianity. It's a show that looks at how the Enneagram provides models of discipleship and formation for followers of Jesus. You can find her podcast, books, and lots more resources by going to scottandclairelowridge.org. This show is brought to you by Love Thy Neighborhood. Love Thy Neighborhood provides social action internships supported by Christian community for young adults ages 18 to 30. Serve for a summer or a year. Grow in your faith and life skills. Learn more at lovethyneighborhood.org. This episode was edited by Rachel Zabo, Lindsay Lewis, and myself. Rachel's also our media director and producer. Anna Tran is our audio engineer. Music for today's episode comes from Murphy DX. I'm Lindsay Lewis. And I'm Jesse Eubanks. Remember, the eye can see everything but itself. Find people to journey with you because you were created for community. 